Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplift you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. I'm excited about today. Today is Palm Sunday, and I truly believe God's going to do something in your life today. And I had to wear my most pinkish Palm Sunday attire I had. So we're going to have church today. Listen, I, I've been in, we've been doing a series called um, Wisdom, and um, I, it was kind of like a real, like, teachy series. You know, I wanted to let everybody really grasp what wisdom is all about. So I really haven't had a true, like, let's preach kind of series, right? I'm ready to preach today, okay? So you're coming. It's coming. I was in New York this past week, so I'm rested and ready to go. So you better get your steel-toe boots on. It's ready to go. Today is Palm Sunday, and I'm so excited about what God's going to do. This um, this week begins the most important week for the Christian faith as we start the progression of our Savior, Jesus Christ, going, you know, getting beaten, going on a cross. And, and as we talk about next week, it is Easter, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and we know that the story is not over. He is still alive, and he's still interceding for us, and guess what? One day we get to see him face to face and and call him holy in eternity. Aren't you glad? Aren't you excited about eternity? Aren't you glad that we don't serve a Savior that is just dead, that he is alive, and he's living, and he's there for us? Man, we, 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 live a, we can live a hopeless life, but through his sacrifice gives us hope in this world. And you know what the hope is? That this world is not the end. <laughs> if this world was the end, it's very depressing. Look at our world. But there is a hope for a future. Before the tomb, before the cross, before the horrible beating that our Savior received, there was Palm Sunday, the triumphant entry into Jerusalem. This was such a symbolic entry, a, such a symbolic, and, and, you know, entry to this city. Because the reality is this. This brought so much joy to some people. I mean, joy came out of them as Jesus came through. But it also brought so much rage to other people as well. See, this was a celebration of two kinds. This was a celebration of rejoicing and then also not really a celebration, but a really a a frustration of what was happening in that time. Nonetheless, that Jesus came and entered into the city and started the story of redemption for us today. We're going to be reading here in Luke chapter 19, verse 28, as we talk about this entry, this entrance that Jesus came into Jerusalem at this time. Let's, let's open our Bibles, and I, I want you guys to kind of keep your Bibles open. If you have your Bible app or whatever, or you can read it on screen, I want us to kind of really see what is going on in this passage as we move forward. Verse 28, and when he, and when he had said these things, he went ahead um, going to Jerusalem. When he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany, at the Mount of called Olive, he sent out two, to, two of his disciples saying, go into the village in front of you where, you en- where you're entering. You will find a colt tied, one on which one has never yet 
been set. You, you um, untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why are you untying it, you shall say the Lord has the Lord has need of it. So when he so when when those who were sent went away, found it found it just as he told them, and as they were untying the colt, the owner of the colt said, "Why are you untying my colt?" And the and they answered, "The Lord said." He needs it. Let's stop right there. Let's just take this into perspective, okay? Imagine if you're that guy that owns the, the donkey, okay? And one day these guys just started coming stealing your donkey. This is really what happened, all right? They're stealing your donkey. And then, and then you know, the, the guy's like, why are you stealing my donkey? They're like, Jesus needs it. You're like, all right. <laughs> you know, like, what do you say? What do you say to that? I, I love these stories because if you don't really read them for what they are, it's funny. They stole a donkey. Why are you stealing my donkey? But then they take it, and he said, all right, go ahead. And Jesus said, uh, he said, gee, I need it. And they brought it to Jesus, and throwing their cloaks on the, on the colt, they sent, they sent Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks uh, on the road, and drawing near, already on the way down of Mount of Olives, the whole magnitude of the disciples began rejoicing and praising God out loud with their voice, saying mighty works that have been saying, saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace is on, on heaven, and and." glory in the highest and some of the pharisees in the crowd said teacher rebuke your disciples he answered i tell you if you are if you were silent the very stones will cry out Whew, that's a lot in that passage see jesus as jesus came to his last critical week before the crucifixion he carefully deliberated he told his disciples to make these arrangements as they arrived into Jerusalem. Jesus has, uh, see, Jesus been to Jerusalem many a times, but this time was a little bit different. This time was a little bit special, the journey into Jerusalem. One thing I know is when Jesus enters the city, something changed. The atmosphere changed. The agenda of people's, of people's times changed. The people changed. There was a stirring that happened when Jesus entered in. Because one thing I know is when Jesus comes, everything changes. When Jesus comes, Things change. Things changes. When when there was a dead man was brought to life in Lazarus is because Jesus walked onto the scene. When there was a sick woman with an issue of blood, Jesus was there and walking by, and she was healed. The de a destiny and purpose was changed from Peter for Peter and Andrew when they said, "Leave everything and follow me," because Jesus came into their place. Jesus brought doubt, uh, the, the, the demolished doubt in the life of Thomas when. Jesus appeared in out of nowhere because when Jesus gets into the picture, when Jesus walks in, lives are changed. Let me ask you today, has Jesus entered into your space? Has Jesus entered into your space? Here in the story of this entry of Jesus, there's things that we need to learn about from this crowd and magnitude of people and the disciples that we need to take for our life as well as we let Jesus invade our space. Number one, they plan to make room. They planned to make room. 
And as if you see here, we, we, we read in verse 28 where Jesus told them to go and get this cult, to go and set up this thing. Jesus was so specific on how the entrance was going to take place. He was specific. The king of kings and the Lord of lords did something out of the norm. This is why people didn't understand Jesus. This is why people hated Jesus, because he didn't fit the norm. He did stuff that was crazy at times. When somebody was, was, was blind, he got mud, spit on it, and put it, talk about COVID-19. He did things out of the ordinary. That's why he, matter of fact, that's why they killed him or thought they killed him. See, that's why people didn't get Jesus. See, a high official, a high general, somebody that has some worth on them, somebody that has uh, these, these accolades about them, they, they will go into towns and there will be these huge parades. I mean, these huge things that they, they, they set things up. I mean, they were, they were riding the biggest, uh, the, the nicest horses because an official or somebody that was very important was coming to their town. But then here comes Jesus. Jesus, not riding, not riding this, uh, this, this uh, horse, not riding anything. He was just, it was the equivalent of, like, if you had a Range Rover, Jesus was riding a Civic, a 92 Civic. <laughs> a hatchback, well, you know. <laughs> but then Jesus told the disciples to go get this donkey and to, to make this huge, the entrances of all entrances, to make this big splash, he says, go get a donkey. Why? Because when Jesus walks into the picture, pride has to go. See, the donkey represented the sign of humility and what the kingdom of, of God was coming to this earth. See, Jesus was so different. See, other people came on, the, uh, came on the scene and tried to, like, make wars and try to do so many miraculous But Jesus says, hey, hey, turn the other cheek. What are you talking about? You're supposed to come and save us from oppression. You're supposed to come and save us from everything. But then he says, hey, you got to love your neighbor as yourself. What? This, this, these people are tearing me apart. But love them. See, humility is, is presented when Jesus walks in the room and pride has to go. So sometimes our path in life, are, 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 there are, there's something blocking us from what God wants to do on the other side. See, we got some boxes here. See, when you're moving, everything is just like, you just got to pack everything in there, right? But one day I, I was... It was kind of before I, we, we started doing the, uh, thinking about the church. I was in a season of transition, and I knew we knew we were in a season of transition. And, and God you know, put in my heart to be like, hey, I need, you, I need, a, I need a space. I, I need a space to go pray, you know? And I looked everywhere, and the best place that I, I would go pray is in my closet, you know? Away from the kids, away from the noise, away from everything. But then when I looked at my closet... I don't know about you. I like sneakers. Who are the people that keep their boxes of sneakers? And who's the people that just throw, okay, I was the keep the box kind of person, okay? But I realized real quick, I should have been on an episode of Hoarders, all right? 
because I kept every box. You know, my dad told me to keep the boxes just in case. I don't know why, you know, to return them. You had the thing for three years. You caught the box those. I had an Xbox, Xbox 360 box. I had, I had all these boxes in this area, and God spoke to me right away. He said, if you prepare a place for me, I will meet you there. It's so, it's something so kind of dumb. It's like, hey, God, you can be anywhere. But he said, if you prepare a place for me, if you get the junk out of the way, if you get the stuff that is hindering, because this is how people's life is right now. It's like God has a promise on the other side, but there's so much junk in the way, you can't even see God, you can't even see God moving in your life. And you hit this crossroads in your life each and every week. You hit this crossroads in your life, and you're like, why am I not seeing what God has for me? Maybe you're junking your life up. Maybe there's things you have to move. See, they prepared a place before Jesus stepped foot in Jerusalem. They got the donkey. They got everything. They set the place. They knew exactly where it was going to be. They knew they got everything, everybody outside. Anybody who was on the road, hey, get out of the way. Jesus is coming. Because when Jesus gets in your space, things change. But I truly believe that if we don't make space, on the things that are bogging and cluttering our mind and our hearts, we're never going to hear God's voice. So what do we do? It's spring, right? It's spring. Anybody know about spring cleaning? Sometimes you need to spring clean your life. Maybe you need to take an inventory of your friends. Maybe you need to take an inventory of what's bogging your mind. What, what is separating? Sometimes you just got to look at that circumstance and say, hey, I might see you there, but it's time to be removed because you want to see on the other side of what God is doing in your life, but you can't do it if you're not spring cleaning in your life. You got to remove some things in your life so God can move in your life. Are you ready to do some spring cleaning in your life? See, what are areas in your life that you have to make room for him to walk in? Is it in your time? Is it in your finances? Is it in your hobbies, your dream, your will? We need to make room because Jesus is coming to your town today. Jesus is coming to your life today. He's here to invade your life. Make the, street, um, the streets wide. Jesus is coming. Life is going to hit. Things are going to try to, to bog your mind and your, and your life. But be intentional in clearing those things out because it's worth it because there's a blessing on the other side of your preparation. Jesus is coming to invade your space. The question is, will you let him? Will you prepare for it? Will you meet him there? Will you meet him there? We need to make room for him to enter into our life. We need to prepare the room for him. Number two, what did they do? It said they laid down. They laid down. What are are you laying down? What are you willing to lay down for Jesus to come through to your life? See, because they said that they, they laid down their cloaks, and other versions said that they laid down palm branches. They, 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 they took off, listen, they were wearing something, and they took it off, and they laid it down on the street, the dirty, nasty street. They took palm branches, and they waved them. They waved it, and they threw them down as Jesus was coming through. What are you willing to lay down for Jesus to walk through? What are you willing to lay down? 
See, you got to understand this in these times. People hated what Jesus was all about. Sometimes we look at this story and we're like, oh, it's all roses and butterflies. Jesus came and just love, love, love. They hated him. They hated him. The, the high officials, the, the Pharisees, the Sabbath, they hated They hated him. So the reality of the people, listen to this, the reality of the people that crowded around to praise this man called Jesus, it was, it was not a good thing for those individuals to be there for the customs of those days. Got to think about this. There was all the people, all the officials around watching this happen. We saw that. The Pharisees at the end of the day, at the end said, hey, rebuke your uh, disciples. So they were there. The people that can literally take them out, like kill them. I mean, they put Jesus on the cross. What can they do to a regular individual? Right. So for them to at least make have the courage to crowd around and praise Jesus was a whole nother thing. Think about it. The people that have your life in their hands are watching you praise this thing that they hate. But what do they do? We have to learn this in our lives. So what? So so by them even being there with Jesus, they had to put their they had to lay down their identity and take up new life. They had to lay down what they what even what people thought of them. Hey, are those those crazy? Are those crazy oh, Jesus followers? Are those those crazy people that we're trying to just just eliminate? They had to lay down every, every part. You know what it was? It was a total surrender. It wasn't a celebration entrance at all. The crowds praised the name of the, the crowds who praised was for Jesus made the enemies uncomfortable. That's why in John chapter 12, verse 19, it says this, the Pharisees therefore said among themselves, you see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. That they, they literally talk to each other and say, hey, what we have done, we accomplished nothing. Look, they're all going after Jesus. They knew that they were in trouble. They knew that change was coming. They knew that Jesus was just not, not another person. He was the Messiah. They hated things being stirred up in their times. The question I have for you today is this. Are you willing to lay down your opinions? Are you willing to lay down your political views? Are you willing to lay down your identity, your status, your achievement for you to have true identity change in Jesus Christ? Because here's the reality. You're marked by something. Something is marking you. Somebody looks at you and they mark you with something. But why can't we be marked by followers of Jesus Christ? Yeah, they might not understand. Yeah, they might make fun of you. Yeah, they, don't, they might think you're a little crazy for why you're following Jesus because of your past, because of your story, because of your title. But when Jesus enters in, he takes the identity out and you become a child of God. And you walk with a little bit more confidence. And you talk a little bit different. Because when you take up his identity, nothing can get in your way. Because Jesus is coming through. What are you willing to lay down to pick him up in your life? They laid down. Number three, what else did they do? They made a shout. They made a shout. 
They say, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Other versions say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. Hosanna. Their shout of celebration was true fear of their death. Because of the leaders in those days. But their proclamation, here's the thing. Their proclamation was a total surrender of who they were trying to go after. Of who they were accepting. Here's the thing. Not only were they just arrived. Not only did they lay their cloaks down. Not only did they just come to the, to, to the show. But they made a noise. They didn't just come to see a, 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 a show. They came to be a part of the noise. Let me ask you this. What you shout becomes your declaration. Let me just park it here for a little bit. We're here. What you shout becomes your declaration. We can shout, I'm depressed. I'm depressed. We can shout, I'm broke. But I got the stimulus. We can shout, I'm unworthy, I'm unfit, I'm insecure. We can shout, I have doubt. We can shout that I'm ugly, I'm not love, I'm a mistake. We can shout and shout. In reality, your shout becomes your praise. What you truly shout becomes your praise. So you're praising something. That, that's really what I'm trying to tell you. Their declaration was Hosanna. Our declaration can be anything that comes out of our mouth. So whatever comes out of your mouth is what you really are declaring over your life. So, the, so you can shout all your, all your things that are holding you back, but you can shout something a little different. You can shout a different kind of praise. You can shout a celebration praise. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What celebration you shout when Jesus is walking in your space. See, sometimes we look at Jesus as just like this genie in the bottle. Well, God, I'm dealing with this. Yeah, he wants, to, he wants to hear those things. But what if you can just tell God a little bit, hey, I just bless your name. Thank you for your sacrifice. It's switching your shout. Because in the midst of them, in a real fear of their lives kind of can be ended at that time, they still shouted. For a savior to save them. Hosanna doesn't identify me by my issue. It's a proclamation of his authority in my life. So by his authority, I might have issues, but my issues do not define me. Let me let me explain that to you real fast, because the Hosanna, the blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We can look at our issues and make that define us. But by us shouting Hosanna, his identity in our life, by his authority and his identity in our life, I might have the issues, but my issues don't have me. I can shout through my issues. I can shout Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in there. We celebrate him. You know how we celebrate him? By number one, our praise. We praise through our problems. There is no rock that is going to shout louder 
then I'm going to shout for my God. Jesus said at the end, hey, are you going to let the rock shout out for you? Listen, we have to have another kind of shout within us. It's called a shout of redemption on the inside. You were once lost and now you are found. You were once dead and now are alive. You got to shout a little different about yourself. You got to look. Yeah, I might feel a little depressed, but greater is he and is in me than he is in the world. I am an overcomer. You have to shout a little different. You got to shout a little different. How about in Acts chapter 16, verse 16 and 40, there's these two guys called Paul and Silas. They had a little different shout, huh? They're in jail. I mean, in jail, chained up for preaching this new gospel. You got to understand this. If I'm in jail... I'm not singing, great is your faithful. I'm like, get me the heck out of here. But when you switch your praise, when you switch your praise, things happen because Paul looks at Silas and says, Silas, I feel a little worship service coming on. And Silas looks at Paul. Paul? I'm feeling it too. Silas, did you bring your harmonica? No, that's weird. But I got my voice. And they said that in the midnight hour, you got to understand this. The midnight hour is between the darkest time in the day. It's, it's It's the middle ground between the darkness and the light. You got to understand that in your darkest hour, when you shout a shout of praise and you shout worship, God is going to move. It said that the chains came down. The doors were open. Not only did their chains, not only did their doors open, but others people do. Because when your shout is infectious and when you go after God, people start seeing what God is doing in you and they want to go after him as well. You want to save your family? Praise a little harder. They need to see a representation of what true praise is all about. You can complain about it. You can complain about your job. But have you done a Jericho walk around your job? You can complain about your situation. But have you praised about your situation? Because I know when praise happens, when my praise is a little bit different, God enters into the room and chains are broken in my life. Because I know that Jesus is there and my praise becomes the power over my circumstances in my life. So when my problems come in life, I praise even more. Because I'm praising for what God is going to do in my life. Those people in the crowd, they didn't know what the heck was going to happen the next week. They thought they were there for a parade. But they didn't know that the story was starting to be written in their life. Some of us are, some of you are at the brink, at the brink of God moving in your life. I'm here to tell you, do not quit. Keep on praising. Keep on, listen, do not come to church and do this. Lift your hands. 
praise. You know what? When we lift our hands, what that means? God, I'm surrendering it all. <laughs> I came in heavy. And I need just to let it go. See, we need to praise a little different. Praise through our problems. Because what happens is, is when we have problems, we can't praise. It has to be different. Listen, we're living in the end days, guys. Look around. Be crazy out there. But our praise needs to be a little. See, there's so many Christians right now are, are, are worried about what's happening in, the, in, in culture, in the world. Listen, read your Bible. It's going to get worse. But there's also going to be an a, a, a army rised up. And there's going to be the army of God. And there's going to be a praise. It's going to be a little different. We're going to go and we're going to show people out of love, not out of condemnation. No, we're going to show them who Jesus is. But it's going to start with our praise. We cannot be effective without our praise. We can't. Number, number two. I said three, it's two, it's, it's, it's B, okay? <laughs> what we can do is we can also, with our praise and also our devotion. See, loyalty, <laughs> loyalty is praised in the kingdom of God. How about the story of Job? You never, you gotta, you gotta go and read Job. And it's not Job, all right? It's Job. Job, Job was a wealthy man. He had it all, all the riches, all the possessions. You will look at this person and be envious of him and say, hey, why can't God, why can't God bless me like he's blessing Job? He's one of those people, the Joneses, you know? One day, he loses everything. Loses everything. His possessions. Lose some family members. I mean, lost it all. To the point where some of his family members say, hey, curse God. He's not real. Curse him. Get, get, stop. Don't talk to me about this Jesus person. Have you been there with your family member and your friends where they bit, they're so in, in their junk? They're like, don't even talk to me about that Jesus person. Don't even talk to But what did Job do? Even the people close to him told him to curse God, and he never did. Because he knew that actions speak louder than words. And he represented what true grace and humility and loyalty is to God. And at the end of the story, his life got even better. Double portion, triple portion. Because he was loyal in his devotion to God. His devotion to God gave him the courage to keep going even when the people closest to him told him to Person. Just because others turn away, I will not because I'm devoted to this thing because of what he did for me on that cross, that sacrifice. Because when Jesus walks into the room, everything changes. Everything changes as I close. See, when Jesus walks into the room, our mind changes. Our direction changes our embrace changes the way we embrace each other the way we talk to each other needs to change when jesus walks in the room. you want to know how if jesus really has changed your life here's the way how do you talking to your fellow workers how are you talking to your family members because when jesus changes 
we, we see people a little differently. We see people through grace. See, how our embrace changes. Our future changes. He says he makes all things new. See, this entrance was the beginning of the change for my life, for our life. Jesus entering the city set him up for his purpose and for my redemption. See, Jesus' purpose was to go on that cross, to die for our sins, to redeem us. See, it led him to the cross, to his death, but also to his resurrection. Without that, we have zero hope in this world. But by his sacrifice, by him entering in, it gave me the chance of relationship with him. So what do I do with that? I make room. I make room. God, whatever you want to do in my life, whatever you want to do with my time, whatever you want to do with my resources, whatever you want to do in my life, have your way, have your room. I give you authority, have your room. I lay things down. I lay down my pride. I lay down my will. I lay down my, my, my addictions. I lay down my sin. I lay it down for the greater good, of which is his relationship, our relationship with him and hope in this world. And then I make a shout. I don't only do, I start making some noise. See, we gotta, be, we gotta make some noise in our life. We gotta know that I am redeemed. I am going to heaven. I don't have to live in hell. I have a savior that is, that is I am redeemed. We have to have a little pep in our step. Some of you, when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, I didn't know if you were a Christian or not. But he's here. Matter of fact, he's the one you've been waiting for. He's the one you prepare for. He's the one you ask for. He's the one you've been praying for. He is here. He's here and it's about to change your situation from hopeless to hopeful because he, when he enters in, things change. There's no doubt. When he enters in, things change. The question is, are you gonna let him in? What better day, what better hour, what better minute can it be just now? to let him in. I, I know you came into this place probably dealing with issues or you, you came in this place probably dealing with sinful issues or, 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 or married. I'm here to tell you, let him in. Prepare the way. Let him in. Get, get into his word. Let him change your life. You've been doing this on your own. Where did he get you? What if you do it with a savior that loves you past your issue, that loves you no matter what, that he fearfully and wonderfully made you? Would you let him in today? Would you prepare the place? Would you make a shout? Would you lay some things down today? 
thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together. Thank mm-hmm. you.